0: It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National
1: Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour on the American Out Loud news talk radio. Network on iHeart Radio, where you will hear voices of freedom and the out loud truth. I'm your host, Sargis Singiri, Lieutenant Colonel, U.S. Army retired, the CEO of the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement, founder and president of United of Appeal, and also the host of New Paradigms with Sargis Singiri that could be heard and seen on both iHeart and also at the same time, Right American Media. My guest tonight, before I introduce him, is going to be speaking to us about the international head regulations and the WHO. But before we begin, I do want to make sure our audience is aware that American Out Loud Radio plays on iHeart Radio Network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best-in-class apps available on Apple, Android, and Alexa Where we stream 24 7, and now you can also hear them on the podcast on those same apps. James Rogowski is a researcher, author, natural health proponent, and an activist who believes that the old systems are rightfully crumbling, so we must build their replacements quickly. In March 2022, James uncovered documents recording proposed amendments to the international health regulation and was instrumental in raising awareness about them, which resulted in the amendments being rejected. James is now doing everything possible to expose the WHO's hidden agenda behind the proposed pandemic treaty, as well as the WHO's ongoing attempts to amend the international health regulations. James' vision for the future can be summarized by the phrase, out of the WHO and in with the news. James, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience. Um, this is a complicated issue with a lot of documents and, and you know, millions of words really being thrown around, um, different things that people get confused. So hopefully um, by the end of the hour, uh, people will come away with an understanding not only of what has been done in the past and, and what they're currently doing, But actually what people can do about it, because, you know, knowledge without action um, doesn't really um, end up with the benefit. You know, knowledge is power, but then you have to do something with it.
1: No, and hopefully with that knowledge, it could translate to into legislation and means and ways for the uh, people through their representatives to counter what might be presented by international organizations. I do want to set the baseline for our audiences. Uh, so you all know James and I know each other very well. I've to him before. But James, if you could just clarify for our audience who might be the first time listening to you on iHeartRadio. In March of 2022, what happened?
2: Well, you know, let me actually backtrack just a little bit from that and go to January of 2022. On January 18th of 2022, the Biden administration proposed and submitted um, a a relatively small document, a a number of amendments uh, to 13 articles in something that is called the International Health Regulations. They did that very quietly. They never really published that document on an official government website that I have been able to find, But one blogger in Geneva um, published an article about it. Two months later, I uh, found that article, read it, and and saw that it said that they had obtained this document. I clicked on the word document. It was a hyperlink. I started reading uh, the document, and I realized that it was a very important thing that the media was not reporting on. And so I, I started to spread the word about the changes that the Biden administration had proposed to international law. Now, it wasn't officially made public until April 12th, when the WHO published it on their website, in the preparations for their yearly meeting, which is called the World Health Assembly. They held that at the end of May in 2022. Well, the WHO had put forth a public comment period in early April of 2022 about something that is completely different. And this is the fork in the road where everybody gets confused and they co-mingle the information. What, what I just said was that the Biden administration had submitted proposed amendments to an existing International health regulations. The international health regulations were um, first um, adopted in 1969, and they were severely amended in 2005. But they are an existing legally binding document that you know we've been living under for the past almost two decades, and certainly were in place over the last four years. Doing if I can call it the COVID era, right? And and so. At the same time that I was revealing these proposed amendments, most of the world was unaware of them, and most everyone was talking about something that everyone refers to as the pandemic treaty. And so the WHO, in this same time frame, held a public comment period to take comments from, you know, people around the world in regards to their um, attempts or, or their plan to come up with a new agreement separate from the international health regulations well they gave us about 6 days notice in early april of 2022 and in that span of time we got 33,884 people around the world to submit public comments they they hid those comments until August of 2022, when we finally got a chance to look through it and reveal that 99.9% of the comments were, we don't want anything to do with the treaty. We don't want this. But they ignored that. And and so what is going on here are there are these two separate tracks, and there are actually two more, which I hope to um, talk about in this first segment here, that people get confused. So let me let me talk about what's going on in total there are four separate things that I think people need to know about because the deadlines are coming up fast upon us. You can find all of this information on stoptheglobalagenda.com. And there's a little graphic that I have there and so track number 1 actually involves the United Nations. On September 20th, about two weeks from today when we're you know doing this broadcast, um, the United Nations is going to be having a high-level meeting where they are most likely to adopt what they call um, a political declaration for pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. Now, they've been negotiating this in the United Nations for well over a year. They've submitted their final version into what they call a silence procedure. And what that means is if you don't object to whatever it is they plan to agree on, your silence is viewed as consent. So that's coming up on September 20th. The next track is actually something that happened last year in May. Last year, the Biden administration's proposed amendments were rejected, but a different set was submitted and adopted. Most people are unaware that last year, amendments to the international health regulations were adopted. Now, the way it works is not the way it should work, in my opinion, but it's a way that confuses many people. Since it's been adopted, every Nation has the right to reject them, and they don't ask for further approval. So these amendments have not gone to the Senate or Congress or any parliament around the world for approval. There's an 18-month period, and the deadline is December 1st of 2023. If each nation does not actively reject those changes, then they will ultimately come into legally binding force. There Track number three is an enormous number of amendments that have been submitted by nations around the world. In addition to what was adopted last year, there are 307 proposed amendments to the international health regulations that were the original submissions were revealed back in December of 2022, but the negotiations have been kept absolutely secret we have not seen a new draft or you know a a second version or any such thing and they have meetings scheduled for october they have meetings scheduled for um, late november december they're probably going to submit this to the international health regulations review committee before christmas to be submitted in january to the who and most likely adopted um, at the world health assembly next may in 2024 All of those things are separate from what most people call the Pandemic Treaty. And so the Pandemic Treaty is a negotiation for a new international law that's really not properly called a treaty. They call it the WHO Convention Agreement Plus or CA Plus. And in just a couple of minutes, I'll try to summarize why I think it's of great concern. The document is a framework convention. And if you read chapter three of the Bureau's text of this document, you'll see that it would set up a bureaucracy that we would then not really be able to control. They would meet on a yearly basis or more often if they wanted to. And they would make detailed protocols about how they would spend about $30 billion a year, which is the request that has been made, on pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. And so the problem with the framework convention is that it takes away any control that we, the people, or even our representatives in Congress or the Senate might have, and it would give it over to what they would call a conference of the parties. Now, these are representatives from the nations, but also manufacturers of pandemic response products, um, organizations you know, like United Nations organizations or foundations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They would all have a seat at the table, to work out the details later, and that is where the danger really lies. It would be an agreement to agree to put unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats and and, corporate entities and foundations in charge of spending money to be doing gain of function research and other research that would result in more and more and more vaccines. And, and Sargus, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up in this fashion. Um, look back to 1992, where all of the member nations of the United Nations agreed to the framework convention on climate change. They agreed to let a conference of the parties meet on a regular basis and look at where that has led us we're now obligated by various protocols that we the people do not want do not like do not agree with but we have had nothing really to say in the process and now it's being thrust upon us um with you know a worldwide effort to control how we live our lives
1: James, you know, actually, it's uh, uh, when you have bureaucracies that are trying to control the entire world uh, and operationalize it for their benefits, as they see, but they would say that we're doing it for the benefit of the people in the world to make sure that we address possible future pandemics and so on. So they're really selling you the uh, sizzle on the steak rather than the steak itself. And if you want to take a look at a couple of examples, and you mentioned the whole uh, uh, agreement uh, globally when it came to the new green deal Um, today europe is suffering a major war uh, in ukraine between the ukrainians and the russians and nato involvement but yet when you're trying to get oil and liquid gas to the uh, europeans who may go through a much worse winter Then it was an issue projected last time, which means that you're going to have issues of global inflation because of the agreement that they have signed with the U.S. uh, pressures on them on the whole Green New Deal. They're having problems being able to even import oils and liquid gas and other energies to be able to help them out, which now even has them violating other international laws and possible sanctions that we have placed on Uh, Russia itself, just to be able to bypass what they agreed to. So instead of just doing what is better for them and really kind of looking ahead because of these type of agreements that they have entered, they've tied themselves into a loop and a knot that in order to be able to bypass it, they have to actually break their own agreement or even violate possible sanctions that the uh, global community has placed on just the war in Europe. And the other piece I would say is under what you mentioned about the money that is going to be going to the WHO, we knew that part of the process was for monies to be utilized to possibly even create units that were under multi-control that would address possibility of having to secure possible weaponized uh, type of uh, viruses that might be in unstable areas. Well, the most recent issue that took place in Africa was a civil war in uh, Sudan. And even though money was projected and given to the WHO to be utilized there, uh, we saw how a a couple of guys on actual uh, Toyota trucks were able to go into a lab that had a lot of viruses that could be utilized for Uh, bioweapons. But yet when the United States government committed to extracting our embassy staff from Sudan itself, they failed to work in coordination with the WHO that was given money to be able to send a unit to secure these type of uh, possibility of biological weapon uh, viruses that are now in the hands of individuals who are illiterate, uneducated, but we're able to actually go into a lab basically with a gun truck, a Toyota gun truck, and secure them for themselves and how it might be utilized in the future. So as much as we have a good idea maybe globally of how to address issues, bureaucracies tend to uh, pretty much destroy everything that uh, might be a good idea given the fact that a global coordination effort never is able to be achieved for the betterment of everyone on our planet. With that said, we're going to take a couple of minutes break and then uh, come back and continue our conversation with James Rogowski.
0: How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with CofixRx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't
3: forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID 19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body.
1: Welcome back to our show on the National Security Hour, um, where we're discussing the issues of the international health regulations and uh, also the WHO's uh, processes to try to control and affect much more of our health requirements here in the United States and abroad. Um, it was uh, James Orgoski, who in March of 2022 and going even back uh, further in January of that year who uncovered documents that were regarding proposed amendments to the international health regulation and was instrumental in raising their awareness about them. And now we are looking at uh, what could be done to be able to uh, address what James was able to expose so that we as Americans ensure that it doesn't have any effects on our personal health requirements. Before we continue our conversation, though, I just want to make sure our audience is aware that all my shows go to podcasts, typically one or two days after the broadcast is heard on talk radio. You can also hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. James, uh, what can the people do? To address these issues?
2: Well, you know, step number one is awareness. And and so the vast majority of the people in the world um, have no idea that this is even going on. They have no idea that the WHO is negotiating these documents, and they certainly most likely have not read, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of pages that are being pumped out on a regular basis, which would become international law. And, and so, um, what I'd like to do, and what I've been trying to do for the last year, it, step number one is the raising of people's awareness. So I'd like to give just some of the details. Again, all of this you can go to stoptheglobalagenda.com, and I, you know, don't believe a word I say. Read the documents. Read what they're actually saying. None of this is conspiracy theory. This is their documents that are hidden in plain sight on the. WHO and the United Nations website. It's just that they operate on this policy that silence equals consent. So they publish it. They don't, you know, send everybody a text message notification. Oh, go read this document and tell us what you think. Uh, they publish it, and and then they just say, well, you know, if nobody says anything, I guess that means everyone is fine with what we're planning to do. So breaking it down into two um, separate. Sections. Let me talk first about what is being proposed for the international health regulations, and then I'll talk second about what is being uh, involved in what everyone calls the treaty, but it's really worse than a treaty. It's a framework convention that would leave everything open into the future. So in the international health regulations, back on September 30th of 2022, almost a year ago, um, 94 of the 194 member nations submitted 197 pages of proposed amendments. There were a total of 307 amendments that were involved in those almost 200 pages. And that was kept completely secret until mid-December of 2022. Then they finally did publish those original um documents I've been reporting on them since mid December last year and here are some of the highlights or the lowlights if you will these are the things to be concerned about now there are a number of things that are just egregiously ridiculously bad and I want to I want to temper this with I suspect that these things may not make it into the final version because they're just so ridiculous number 1 Um, they would change the definition of the word recommendation. Currently, in Article 1 of the IHR, they define all of the terms. And there are a couple of terms, temporary recommendations and standing or permanent recommendations. And it currently says that that is non-binding advice. Well, one of the proposed amendments would cross out the term non-binding. And in many, many other areas of the proposed amendments, it would make it so that nations shall do whatever the WHO recommends. And even the International Health Regulations Review Committee said, now, hold on just a moment. You know, the WHO is an advisory body. They make recommendations. Nations are not obligated to follow them. But if these amendments were allowed to go through as originally submitted, that would change the entire nature of the organization and its relationship with the sovereign nations of the world. In Article 2, so that's Article 1. In Article 2, there were proposed amendments to change the scope of the regulations. Now, the regulations... In, in the WHO constitution, which most people don't even realize that the WHO has a constitution, the WHO, you know, does have the authority to make regulations for things like how diseases are named and, you know, that they're um, able to make regulations about the safety and purity of, you know, injections or drugs or things like that. There are things that they're allowed to make regulations about And one of those things that they've been given the power to do is to declare what's called a fake. I kid you not. P-H-E-I-C, Public Health Emergency of International Concern. Well, the proposed changes to Article 2, the scope of the regulations would expand it to if they found something that had the potential to cause problems for people's health. It would not require... That people were actually getting sick or dying from some problem, just if they deemed that the potential for such a problem arose. Now, that's a you know a lot of detailed language, but it's really important, and I'll get to that in, in a few moments. The, the most egregious aspect of the changes is in Article 3 which are the core principles of the regulations. And they currently say something that I agree with, where it says that the international health regulations shall be implemented with respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. Well, believe it or not, India has proposed crossing out that language, full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. The absurdity of these proposed amendments actually boggles the mind, but I'm concerned that those things are actually functioning as decoys because the rest of what is in the proposed amendments, for most people, it's boring to the point of being sleep-inducing. If you try to read it, it will put you to sleep. But let me tell you what I feel are are the things that they really, really want. But they're keeping secret. We're we're not able to know what the current documents say. They absolutely want what they call a global digital health certification network. Most people would call that a digital ID or a vaccine passport. But it's much more than that. They want to have not only a vaccine certificate, but a prophylaxis or prevention certificate, which they have not defined. They want to have testing certificates. And I can tell you that the testing is deeply, deeply flawed. They want to have a recovery certificate, again, not defined in in any of the language so far. They want to tie this all to a QR code so that they can track and trace people as they travel around the world. They also want to have and most of this is in Annex 1 and Annex 10 of the, the proposed amendments, they want nations to agree to greatly enhance what they call their core capacities. And the core capacities don't necessarily involve themselves with what you and I would think of as health. I personally believe that the international health regulations are Inaccurately named, they really—if you read them and if you just went through the um, table of contents to look at the articles—they really should be called the International Surveillance, Monitoring, Reporting, Emergency Declaring, Fearmongering, Control Regulations. Because if you read them, you'll find out that that's what they talk about. They don't talk about how to make people healthy. They talk about how to surveil people. And report that information to the WHO. Now, there's one aspect in here that almost everybody is missing. In 2005, the WHO um, made amendments to the IHR, and part of that required every nation to create what is called a national uh, IHR focal point office, which is really where the um, WHO infiltrated every government on the planet. That office exists in the national structure of every government, and they're obligated to report 24-7 to the WHO. And so Russia has proposed an amendment to Article 4, which would give that um, agency within each nation power, legal power, to um, implement all of the other changes that might be agreed to in May of 2024. Now I'm going to shift gears and start talking about the proposed convention agreement plus that most people call the pandemic treaty. What's in there, the meat of it is in article two, and they seek $30 billion a year to implement what they call the one health approach. Now, many people get confused by what this really means, and and I'll just say that one aspect of it is the belief that all of the, you know, pathogens that we should be afraid of come from animals. You know, maybe they come through a wet market in Wuhan, and, and they believe that our coexistence with animals and, you know, plants and the environment should be tightly controlled and surveilled. And so what they want to do is go out into, you know, the universe, the world everywhere. And, and if someone sticks a swab up someone's nose or some other orifice or at your veterinarian's office, your, your dog or your cat is checked or their stool sample is checked. Or maybe if you have a chicken coop, they would check the bedding to see if there's any um, bird flu or check in the local hospital to see if there's any antibiotic resistant organisms, or literally they are doing um, surveillance of septic systems and wastewater treatment and all that sort of thing to find pathogens that have the potential to cause a a problem that could reach the scope of a pandemic. And that's what I mentioned earlier. They want to change the scope, not to, oh, you know, people have gotten sick, or, or, or they're dying from some infection, they want to expand it to just finding something that has the potential to cause a problem. Then what they want to do is create a WHO-controlled laboratory network where the pathogens that they uncover, you know, maybe from your local bat caves, right, or your local farm or, or wherever it might be found, send it to the laboratory network and turn it into drugs or jabs to then treat a potential problem. Now, oftentimes this is called dual use research of concern, D-U-R-C. And the problem with it is they want to treat problems that they are actually uncovering and creating. And let me give credit to um, Meryl Nass. She recently published a very um, impactful article that said, you know, these agreements are more likely to generate pandemics more frequently because they're, they're looking for things that wouldn't be causing problems, but they have the potential to cause problems. They bring them into the lab, spread them all over the world. And then try to treat people with drugs or injectables for a problem that has not yet actually started in in real life. And, And so the danger of doing all of this is to realize that this isn't actually about how you treat people who are ill. They're not talking about that. They're talking about what they would do in the future to Spread pathogens around the world into these biolaboratory networks that they control and share the benefits or profits from. So, what they're arguing and negotiating about is not your health. This is a financially driven um, series of agreements that are really more about trade and money and intellectual property than they are about keeping people healthy.
1: You know, the uh, current uh, Director General, uh, Chetros uh, Ghebreyesus, um, when he was put in power and looking at his vision, um, you could then find his vision in the World uh, Health Organization. The last piece that he talks about in the last sentence of the vision he has is accountability and value for money so basically everything you just laid out uh james is basically what he's even geared to from his own personal vision uh again um just like anything else uh, you know we're coming up to the uh, 9 11 anniversary uh in the first year when i established the Niri center for strategic engagement um our first publication in 2015 was on 9-11 how Turkey at that time, because of the war that was taking place in the Middle East against ISIS and ISIL, was using refugees as a means and a way to be able to force Europe to either recognize it as member of the EU or extract money physically from Europe for itself with all the refugees that were flowing into Turkey and then from there moving into Europe. And you can see what uh, devastation that has caused across the landscapes of Europe. Well, pandemic itself made a lot of money. And the Chinese economy, as I have discussed on other shows, was failing. And in uh, late fall, early winter of 2019, there was no liquid uh, cash to save it. When the pandemic hit in 2020, it forced a lot of money into the coffers of the Chinese Communist Party uh, because of the, all the equipment and all the necessary uh, uh, wants and desires from the masks to anything else that was being accumulated globally. And it actually sustained their economy to now. Their economy is not suffering because they haven't had the ability to again extract money like they did using the pandemic as a means and ways to make money for themselves. So if you want to look at it from a, a perspective of somebody who says, where can I make the best benefit bank for the buck uh, economically for myself, and this is being proposed by the WHO, of course, you're going to have a lot of various different major uh, uh, nations that are going to be able to make money off of the uh, processes of the WHO and also the various different investors who are going to give money, give grants, support to the WHO, but will expect the WHO to manage those dollars for their own benefit, which, of course, it might mean, more importantly, that there's going to be more profits for the pharmaceutical companies in the future. And as you described, possibly for you to be able to have that, you would have to have Future pandemics, to include the uh, new bird flu version that was initially uh, worked on in a lab in Wisconsin, and given uh, Bill Gates' uh, submission of money for grants for it, is now affecting even the minks in Spain. But that's it. We're gonna take a quick break. Come back and see what we have to do to counter all this. <laughs>
2: America Out news. Liberty and justice for all.
1: For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health, naturally.
4: In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created focus and recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com.
1: Code OUTLOUD. continue our discussion with James Rogowski. Re- reference the uh, WHO's proposal for the changes to the international health regulations. Uh, before we continue in our final segment, I want to make sure our viewing audience or listening audience uh, makes uh, AmericaOutLaw.com uh, your daily stop for the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, our articles, the videos and even uh, the podcasts that we have, like the one today, so that we can help secure America's future. You can find out more about my show and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu navigation bar at Americanoutlaw.com. Under our show and schedule, you will be in the know. James, uh, what can the people do now to counter the issues that we're dealing with? Because it seems that either our politicians are... Uh, devoid of really understanding what is happening or they just don't have the time to address it so what can we do as just regular folks to try to ensure that what the WHO is trying to seek out uh, does not become uh, part of our daily lives
2: well you know one of the things that I pride myself on is that I do try to give people very straightforward actions that they can take and so For anyone listening, you know, if you are interested in uh, participating in pushing back against this, uh, get out a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil or, you know, get ready to type some information down um, because I, I have a lot of information because quite frankly, Sargas, there's an infinite list of things that people can do. And I've been working with people around the world and I encourage everyone to actually give me a call directly. Um, I'm going to give my phone number on this broadcast. My phone number is 310- 619-3055. And when people call me, the first question I ask them is, you know, what is it you're passionate about? What is it that you do? What is it that, you know, is is important to you? Because the actions that you take have to have meaning, you know, in your heart, you you have to feel it, you have to want to do it. So I'll, I'll give some information, some access and some options, you know, for what people can consider doing. Now, number one, I feel that ultimately the answer is not to try to negotiate better terms with what these people are doing. Um, This relationship that we have with WHO has gone very sour. And just like if you knew someone who was in an abusive relationship, you would advise them to get out of the relationship, not try to negotiate with the person who's trying to harm them. And, And so we should exit the WHO. Now, I've put together two websites. One is international, and one is just for the United States. Very easy to remember. Exitthewho.com is specific to the United States, and exit the Exitthewho.org is worldwide. I've worked with well over a couple of dozen groups around the world, and I'll talk specifically about what's going on in the United States and how people can help. On com, and don't do a search for that, search engines are not your friend, just type it into the browser and go directly to exitthewho.com. Um, Representative Andy Biggs um, from Arizona's 5th District in January of this year, submitted house resolution or HR 79. Now, a lot of times you hear about, you know, bills that are proposed and they're thousands of pages long and nobody reads them and they pass them anyways. This bill is about a page and a half long, and I can explain it in about 30 seconds. It essentially says to the WHO, we're going to revoke our membership and leave the organization. We're no longer going to be A member nation. We're going to stop giving the WHO money. In 2022, over and above what we were obligated to pay, we donated to the WHO three quarters of a billion dollars. So we would tell them we're leaving. We would stop giving them money. And the third aspect of this legislation is that we would repeal the legislation that got us involved in the first place all the way back in 1948. And and so the problem really started in 1948 when we accepted membership in the WHO. And most people don't realize that we accepted their WHO constitution, which essentially puts them in charge of health issues around the world. Now, from a constitutional basis, the constitution of the United States is when the original 13 colonies gave up some of their authority to the federal government. But even Javier Becerra, who's the current secretary of health and human services in an interview about two months ago, he, he was asked, you know, what would you like people to know about the department of health and human services? And he said very clearly that they know that the federal government does not have authority over health. They throw a lot of money, into it, but they don't have legal authority. So the federal government did not have the authority to give to the WHO. And so if you ever want to fix a problem, you have to start with the source of the problem, not the symptoms. And so all of these negotiations, all of this thing that are very much detailed and confusing, those are the symptoms of the problem. The problem is that we're a member in an organization that believes it has authority over our health, but it absolutely does not. And so I encourage everybody to go to exitthewho.com. Now, so far we've gotten, um, in in addition to Andy Biggs, who's the sponsor, last time I checked, we had 51 co-sponsors, members of the House of Representatives who have signed on as co-sponsors to the WHO Withdrawal Act. And if you really want to help, I I think I can give people a relatively easy um, task to to dive into. On that page, if you scroll way down, those 52 members of Congress are marked off by a green rectangle that says, yes, these Congress people have signed on. Regardless of where you live, you can call each and every one of those offices and say to those representatives, you're going to get their staff members, you're probably not going to talk to the congressperson, say to their staff member that you're just calling to say thank you. They're office, their congressperson is on the right side of this, in my opinion, and hopefully in your opinion. And you can have a relatively pleasant conversation with the people who are already allies in this cause. So call up the offices. Many of them have many local offices. And whether or not you're in their district, don't worry about it. Call them up and say thank you. You're going to surprise the daylights out of them, but then continue the conversation and ask them if they could communicate with the other members of Congress in their state and the two senators, especially from that state, and ask them why hasn't even one senator in the entire country, all 100 senators from 50 states, just simply copied the WHO withdrawal act from the house and submitted it as companion legislation in the senate not one senator to my knowledge at this point we keep trying has done that simple task okay now if if you live outside of the united states um, if you go to exit the who.org I've worked with a couple of dozen groups around the world. And and so if you just scroll down that, you can see, you know, your country or maybe, you know, somebody in any one of these countries. Many people all around the world have taken action and are taking action to promote the idea of exiting the WHO as a solution to the cause of the problem. Now, just the other day, I published another website. The People's Declaration. And so I encourage everyone to go to the peoples Look at the information that's there. There's um, a, a couple of videos and an audio that I feel people need to comprehend. And I feel it's a very simple thing that cuts through all of this confusion. Right. N- number one. These agreements do not reject gain of function research. They actually would seek to promote it. They would put billions of dollars into laboratory networks and the collection of pathogens under the guise of, you know, trying to stop pandemics. And again, I must give credit to Meryl Nass. She wrote an article about how the reality of this is while they say that type of activity would stop pandemics, if it is the case that leaks from these bioweapons laboratories could release some of the most potent pathogens on the planet, putting more money into collecting and distributing and making more pathogenic through gain of function research, you know, these purported pathogens is exactly the wrong thing to be doing. And so whether we're talking about the United Nations declaration, their political declaration that they intend to adopt on September 20th or the amendments to the international health regulations, or what most people called the pandemic treaty or this framework convention to, you know, have protocols to govern all of this with billions of dollars going off into the future. The proper course of action in any of these international agreements would be to shut down this type of research. Stop trying to find pathogens that kill people and make them more transmissible and more deadly. That's the exact opposite of what these agreements should be talking about. And so the People's Declaration is a, a simple statement that I put together. And if you agree with it, I encourage everyone to word it however you want. But the idea is to declare your desire, your demand that they actually learn lessons from what has happened over the last four years. They keep saying, well, you know, we're basing these agreements on lessons learned. Well, I think they've learned the wrong lessons. They're trying to make more drugs, more jabs to treat ailments that don't exist right now, but they're seeking them out, trying to find them and then distribute them around the world in order to treat the potential pathogenetic properties of of these um, supposed uh, pathological agents. And that is exactly the wrong path forward. So what I encourage each and every listener to do is get informed, Um, you can certainly call me directly if you have any questions, but ultimately the answer is to state your belief that they should stop making more problems by having laboratories that are making pathogens more transmissible and more deadly. We need a ban, an international ban on whether they want to call it vaccine research, dual use research of concern, gain of function research, or or whatever they want to call it, we don't need to throw tens of billions of dollars to increase those activities. We need to ban them permanently and end the state of biological warfare that we've been suffering through for the last four years.
1: Oh, you know, James, uh, I think you pretty much laid out everything for our audiences out there. The uh, Look, even the gain of function uh, when it came to the H5M1 avian flu, um, which is very highly uh, pathogenic uh, virus. And uh, uh, the humans that have been affected have been rare in the past with 878 known cases, but 52 of which were fatal. Uh, however, it still didn't stop the gain of function research on the h5M1 bird flu uh, that was using ferrets uh, at the time uh, and uh, was conducted in 2009 uh, that gave both minks and ferrets uh transmission or trans uh, ability to transmit the h5M1 to humans and vice versa uh but in this case uh, you know there was a widespread scientific, uh, condemnation that followed when they found out that it was again a gain of function being taken place. But um, the issue is that anything that was released uh, uh, of a mutated H5M1 virus uh, could result in uh, higher mortalities than the 1918 uh, Spanish uh, flu. So there have been uh, now wild. Uh, uh, H5M1 uh, bird flu um, outbreaks uh, on mink farms over the past year. And uh, what happened in this particular case in 2009, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation provided uh, $9.5 million in grants to the University of Wisconsin uh, to be able to conduct gain of function on the bird flu. Uh, and then, of course, the airborne transmission was uh, achieved by. Uh, passage in the virus between cage ferrets and uh, lo and behold you have an individual working in the lab that uh, uh, caught it and uh, instead of uh, really targeting the stoppage or making sure that he did not pass it on to anybody he was basically told go home and quarantine on yourself <laughs> so uh, guess who funds uh, you know support for the who's and who funds for the support of these gain of function. It is individuals in this particular case on the record of uh, uh, Bill Gates. Uh, And he has a major say in what the WHO tries to do in the future with the dollars that are given to it. Uh, James, I'm gonna give you a quick one minute uh, closeout before I close out the show from uh, our audience final thoughts.
2: Well, you know, I'm actually very optimistic um, and I wanna leave people with a, a, a voice of optimism uh, but I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And the the core message that I think I would like to pass on is the UN, the WHO, and all of these organizations operate on the idea that they're telling you what they want to do, and they're assuming that if you don't speak up against it, your silence means that you consent. Well, I do not consent. I do not give my permission for them to spend billions of dollars to make pathogens more deadly or more transmissible. That is exactly the wrong direction to head, in my opinion. And I encourage each and every one of your listeners to get out your camera on your phone and record yourself and and say whatever it is you want to say and and put that up on whatever platform you want. Take the link and send your opinion, your video to your politicians, your friends, your family, your media that you listen to do not be silent any longer speak out speak up and do you know do not give them your consent by default of your silence let everyone know what your opinion is
1: James, yeah, much appreciate thank you for coming on the show again but we'll have you back again as uh, the timelines loom and um, i am want to thank you for joining us on the mission that we have here to be able to get the uh, out loud truth out there. And uh, the National Security Hour for our audience is the tip of the spear and uh, the epic battle to defend the United States of America. I am your host, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Sargaston Gear, U.S. Army Retired, and we will see you again in the future. God bless.